Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotion. Today, I'd like to read from uh, Bringing Us to Glory, daily readings for the Christian journey by uh, uh, David Gooding. He was professor of Old Testament Greek at Queen's University in Belfast, a member of the Royal Irish Academy. Uh, he taught the Bible internationally. He was uh, just a, a faithful and godly man, uh, a mentor to uh, uh, folks like like John Lennox, for instance, um, uh, who's a, a dear friend here of all of us at the Village Chapel. I want to read a selection from uh, Dr. Gooding's uh, writings here on Luke chapter 19. It's the passage that you'll be familiar with where Jesus goes into the temple uh, and and cleanses the temple. This is uh, as the Passion Week begins in, in the life of Jesus. Uh, um, he has uh, ridden into Jerusalem uh, in what we typically call the triumphal entry. Uh, and as I'm recording this, we just studied that uh, not too long ago, actually, from Matthew chapter 21, those first a um, couple dozen verses or so. And uh, Dr. Gooding is going to reference the uh, uh, segment that, that follows Jesus riding into Jerusalem. Uh, one of the events, there's several things that are recorded, but one of them is this cleansing of the temple and um, where Jesus literally says, my house shall be a house of prayer. And uh, and and they had turned into a den of robbers. And uh, Jesus just, you know, if you if if anyone is ever interested in knowing what upsets Jesus, uh, what makes God mad, um, it's the kinds of things that religious people were doing uh, on this kind of an occasion. Let me read uh, Doctor Gooding's comments here on entering the city. Christ went directly to the temple as Malachi had said he would. And then he's referencing uh, Malachi chapter three there. It was not merely that as the father's son, he would wish before all else to pay his respects to his father's house. It was that as Zion's king, who was about to be rejected by Zion, he would go immediately to the source of the trouble and expose the cause that blinded Zion to the rightful claims of her owner, king. Robbers had infested the very temple of God. Mm. And you can imagine uh, Jerusalem is at this particular time just jam-packed with people. I mean, people from all around the Mediterranean had come uh, for the Passover feast. And so... Um, some guesses by by ancient scholars and 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 Bible teachers even down through the the last uh, two thousand years would suggest that Jerusalem probably had a population of around two hundred thousand. But during during the Passover, uh, with so many uh, pilgrims traveling to Jerusalem uh, for that great feast, the place. Um, was you know the hillsides were dotted with campfires i mean everybody's house was jam packed and full with relatives and friends who'd come from far distances to be there uh for the the feast and and so there might be as many as a million and a half or 2 million people in this in this city and the temple mount would certainly be just just crowded wall to wall with people and here comes jesus and he's very upset at what he finds there that the religious leadership are literally 
robbing, especially the poor right there in the temple. The outward evidence of that robbery, says uh, Dr. Gooding, was the blatant commercialization of the temple services. Bad in itself, it was but the symptom of a deeper malaise. Somebody, of course, had to sell the required sheep and birds to would-be worshipers. But these sales should have been left to secular trade unassociated with the sacred precincts and activities of the temple. For the temple authorities, not only to allow this trading to go on in the temple courts, but to profit unduly from the sales themselves was not only inappropriate, it was scandalous. Instead of being priestly intermediaries to help people find worship and be blessed by God, they had become middlemen, turning their priesthood into a commercial monopoly in order to make financial profit out of men's quest for God. Thus, they robbed men. For it is difficult to experience the grace of God and the free gift of his salvation through the services of men bent on making money out of one's spiritual need. Mm. They also robbed God, treating his word and sacraments as though they were the stock in trade of their business and treating God's people not as God's possession to be developed for God's enjoyment, but as a market to which they, as the professionals, had exclusive rights. In high indignation, Christ drove out those who sold and began to teach the people daily in the temple courts. It was the beginning of a fight to the death. On the one side were the temple authorities, determined to maintain their status, power, and income. On the other side was the Messiah, who had come in the name of the Lord to secure the divine rights. At stake were the faith, love, obedience, and devotion of the people. And from now on, this struggle for the hearts of the people will be one of Luke's. That's the one writing this particular gospel that David Gooding is referring to. This will become one of Luke's main concerns. This is the story of Christ cleansing the temple from Luke chapter 19. You can read it as well in Matthew chapter 21 if you would like. Um, and here we can draw so many lessons, especially as, as church people, as church, as if we're in church leadership of any kind. Um, so important, I think, for us. Uh, not to see people as consumers, especially a congregation of people, as consumers, but as communers. And I think, I, I, I think those churches make a grave mistake uh, that, that see their congregation as a marketplace, as nothing more than a bunch of consumers to whom they would like to sell something. Um, We'll often say at the end of our worship services, we, we don't want anything from you. We want everything for you. Um, uh, we've, uh, we've tried to maintain that sort of disposition that our primary purpose as a church 
is not to make it harder for people to commune with God, to connect with God, to worship God, uh, to understand the gospel, to hear the gospel. But no, our our sole reason for being in existence is to glorify the Lord and uh, to declare his gospel of uh, uh, this, this grace, mercy, and forgiveness there on offer as a free gift to you, a free gift to me. And I hope we never get to the place where we get that twisted around and mixed up. Um, you pray for us. We're, we'll pray that uh, that we stay dialed in with the Lord on that as our as our primary motive to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, to teach and preach the Word of God and the gospel of grace. Well, let me let me pray for us as we get the day going. Lord, thank you, our Father, for your uh, generous and kind uh, faithfulness toward us. We are um, in awe in astonishment and wonder that you would set your love on the likes of us. And so grateful, Lord Jesus, that you came for us to rescue and redeem us. Our hearts are so quickly given into self-centeredness and selfishness. And uh, uh, I pray, Lord, uh, that we will have uh, the mind of Christ as a church, um, that we will see your people uh, and even ourselves as communers and not consumers, uh, merely uh, you know, consumers of, of religious products, goods, songs, books, whatever it might be. Lord, help us to put uh, our communing with you first and foremost. Uh, keep us a praying church. Keep us a word-centered church. Uh, and when we come to the table to give thanks, Lord, may, uh, may our whole hearts be in it as we are overwhelmed with your, your grace and, and your generous um, uh, kindness, uh, your grace, mercy, and forgiveness to your people. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Have a great day. Daily Devotions with Pastor Jim Thomas is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Kagey.